Hey y'all, welcome to The Hue. Hue represents true color, and we're here to tell the true stories of the inspiring folks we encounter along the way. I'm your host, Jessica, and I'm here with our studio director, Emily McNeil, and we're recording recaps from the Matt Black Sound Studio. Hey guys. AKA Emily's house. Yeah, my home. <laughs> Super cool home, by the way. Thanks. So this, this episode is with Richard Bettinger and Chad Newland, and we talk to them a little bit about their businesses. This was uh, one of my favorites, personally. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. They just came into the studio and left smiles for days. Oh, yeah. Everybody. They had everybody laughing. and My face hurt. Uh-huh. And I think just now thinking about them, my face hurts from smiling. <laughs> yeah, they had us all um, smiling and laughing. And this one sort of, maybe the, I guess, theme throughout was just finding your passion in places you didn't imagine. You know, I guess, um, Chad's a landscape. small town yeah they're both from small towns and Richard is a photographer it sounds like his whole life however his career really in Dallas has been at the David Sutherland showrooms as one of the most memorable salespeople probably in history I think it's like a 25-year career there oh yeah I feel like he's a design center icon I don't know if that's a little dramatic (laughs) no I don't think it's dramatic at all not even a little bit and they're just so sweet and I think that um that it was a good conversation because Obviously, they have this, what is now a very prolific business, and it's in the David Sutherland showroom nationally. So this is, the Bettinger Studio is an amazing wall covering company, and it's it's fine art photography that's been printed for the walls, and it's fun to hear about their process. And then it's also fun to know them as people because they're really down to earth. Yeah, they were great. And um, so we hope you guys enjoy it. And we know that you all know their names, and we know that you know their business, but hopefully you get to enjoy getting to know them a little bit better like we did too. Hi guys, welcome Hello. to the Hue. Hello, thanks for having us. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> so we're here with um, with Chad Newland and Richard Bettinger, and I was about to get into this earlier because we kind of had a moment to talk. But you have two different businesses, right? We all grouped together as one, but yes, mm-hmm. uh-huh. it all kind of started as Bettinger Studio, uh, which was the photo art that I was doing, and then Chad started saying, "Hey, some of these details would be incredible, created into patterns and things." And then we started the Newland collection from that. So it's kind of under the Bettinger Studio umbrella. Okay. They're, they're, they're brothers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And Newland collection is my family name, my dad's name. Okay. So that's where that name comes from. But, Got it. Mm-hmm. And so when did this all start, this business together? The Grand Hyatt. When we did the big package for that. Is mm-hmm. that the one in um, at the airport? Mm-hmm. Uh, Grand Hyatt DFW and Terminal mm-hmm. D. Mm-hmm. So we did the entire art package for the hotel, mm-hmm. including the, some of the pieces in the lobby that are 25, 30 feet long. And, um, and it was from some of those details in that artwork that were reflections of light on bronze and things like that that Chad uh, isolated and then created these amazing patterns and repeats from that. So... That's kind of where it started. And that was probably about eight, nine years ago. Maybe a little longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's not easy. I mean, to because photography has this whole like science and complication behind it. And that like you can't just say, well, make that bigger. So how do you do that? How do you get the photography such that you can make it the size that you want it to be? We've learned to shoot raw files so that they're basically as big as we need them. But then we have programs and stuff that can help decipher sizes and like find pixels and make it bigger without it losing its 
image, you know, like just keeping it together. And it's been just learning and going and like figuring it out. Huge learning curve. Absolutely. That's as this podcast has been, I was Uh just saying that to you guys, like learning about wearing headphones and recording and everything has a process and it's all Mm -hmm. integral to like important to what you're doing for sure. So you start this company and did you, is it something you always wanted to do or is it just something that organically happened? Like, did you think I want to have my own photography and wall covering company or? Well, Babe was definitely doing the photography as something he's been doing since high school. Uh Mm -hmm. But when we got the art project for DFW um, for the Grand Hyatt, we were sourcing out printers to print the big artwork and their control and quality wasn't what Mm -hmm. we would expect. Mm -hmm. And the more and more we worked with other people, we realized, well, they don't care about it as much because it's not their baby like it is ours. So we bought the printers so that we could print the artwork. But then I had these big printers that were just there and it just made sense in a way to turn it into wallpaper. I mean, like, so I could be doing something with them all the time. And I kept seeing the details and the things that we could create from our existing artwork that we already had and turning it into something that just was, I don't know, more to it than just photography then, like letting it grow into a little bit more different directions and stuff. And and that's like digital wall covering is complicated though. I mean, oh my gosh. it is, I've sold it you, most of my career. It is. You think, okay, it's digital. We're just going to plug in this, uh, this printer and start printing and it's going to be so precise and whatever. And every, there's so much color shifting uh, that we are super sensitive to, to color and changes in color that uh, some of the other companies weren't yeah. as sensitive to. So, so you're like calling the printer company. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And they're there. You think you're just going to hit a button and it just, mm-hmm. it just goes. Like yeah. it, no, no there, big deal. There are programs that you have to load into the other programs to make it all work, you know, and it's, it's just, it was a huge learning curve curve that Chad, uh, I think did a, that was probably the most challenging period of our business. Because I had to well, learn Photoshop, which I've never used before in my entire life. And your background, Chad, is landscape, landscape. But I didn't go to school for anything. I was okay. just self-taught and had great teachers and stuff to help me with my path and just embraced the fact that, you know, school wasn't necessarily my thing and it was okay to, exactly, you know, figure a different Life way. Life school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so I always had the background of just being around creative and, all that kind of stuff. But then the, just, you know, figuring it out. Like I never didn't want to be told I couldn't do something. So I would just figure it, but it was just literally learning it, getting frustrated, learning it again, you know, like just doing it over and over and over until we. Research too. Yeah. Lots of Google search and YouTube videos and. Making connections with people. Mm -hmm. Right. And then like we have a a great kid that works for us, um, Tyler, that, has been with us a while now and we might not know it, but we figure it out and he's good at like taking what's in our head mm-hmm. and not getting frustrated with us and maybe not knowing how to explain it to him, but he like, you know, isn't it amazing pull it all together when and, that happens, you find someone that can speak your language. Oh, for sure. It's mm-hmm. so important because we can both be doing other things and send him random text and he knows how to like, you know, decipher what we're trying to say. And then the end of the night we have a, sample that Richard can take back and show someone. And, you know, it also helps that we had the showroom that we had, like with David and Ann that were so supportive of us and brought us in because they were all about embracing 
him working for him, but then representing our work and then letting it kind of all come together and helping us out, you know, and I love, um, I love life school people. I come from parents who are life school people and started mm-hmm. their own company. And I think that there's something really powerful in that. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, mm-hmm. Richard, like mm-hmm. your background, um, did you study mm-hmm. photography or? So as early as I can remember, I wanted to take photographs and yeah. back then there weren't digital cameras and yeah. iPhones or whatever. What was your first camera? Well, so my very first camera, um, was a Minolta. Okay. And my parents wouldn't let me play with theirs. And this was like early high school. So I basically mowed lawns, uh, paid for my camera. My dad took me to Kmart and bought, it. bought my first camera. And then I, I basically started teaching myself just trial and error. Uh, so I did a lot through high school. And then by the time mm-hmm. I took uh, some classes in college, um, it was not, uh, I, I was already a little more advanced than that even okay. uh, by that time because I had taught myself so much already. And then uh, I was doing sculpture, some sculpture at the same time. And I, I wanted to do things that made a statement and weren't just necessarily good, nice to look at. Okay. So and I you did, still do that. I do a few things like that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I did some things, uh, some sculpture and some things that were misinterpreted. Uh, and <laughs> I actually... Ended up, uh, I was from Waco, small town, ended up on the front of the newspaper, uh, got death threats. I mean, it, it got pretty intense. So, uh, the, what a story. Yeah. So this was right. That's before. a conservative town. And this yeah. was, you know, this was before people were, mm-hmm. yeah, starting yeah. to be a little more right. tolerant. Think outside the box. Exactly. Yeah. So once I w- was experiencing that, I decided maybe I do just want to do a few things that just look good. <laughs> That's when we. That's when I actually moved to Dallas and started work, working for David. That's almost twenty-seven years ago now. And that was one of your first jobs. It was working for David. David Sutherland was, was his my, first job. Was my first job. Um, okay, that's really amazing yeah. because there are not. I mean, I worked in innovations for eleven years, which is yeah. that, people don't work places for that long he's in the rep of, world. He's one of the longest employees. David Sutherland's company has in the history of the company, and has, except yeah. one lady, and mm-hmm. has to be one of the longest reps ever. That's like it's an, <laughs> you're an enigma. And and P.S. Yeah. Reps are like an interesting breed of humans. I mean, they mm-hmm. all have like, and you would think they all have the same personality, but they don't. What's mm-hmm. so special about you is like you are, I think if you were to ever say Richard's name in a room, everyone would be like, oh, I love Richard. Oh, that's- and everyone <laughs> thinks Richard's their best. Like everyone's like, oh, he's that's my so best nice. friend. And I'm sure you're like, so sweet. you know, yeah. because you're always kind to everyone and you're mm-hmm. always smiling. So it's like interesting that your first photograph was controversial. And then yep. now you, but you are the last, you, the furthest thing you, I would ever think of you is controversial. Yeah, well, I I decided that um, you know it would have been a totally different life path if I had just gone that direction and decided to do more things like that. But maybe as I get older and down the road, I'll do more things that maybe make a statement. But in the meantime, we're making beautiful walker rings <laughs> and uh, just yes. really you know and having fun doing yeah. it. And it was about 15 years ago when I first uh, had some photographs in the showroom that I was working on for a friend of mine and David saw them and said, maybe we should hang a few of these. Mm-hmm. And we hung three, three framed pieces in the showroom and those sold pretty quickly. And then it just kind of, what were they? They were la- uh, black and white when I was shooting film. Okay. They were black and white landscapes. Landscapes? From, landscapes. Mostly from, that's what you do now is landscapes. Um, no. I do some landscape, but a, but more abstractions of light. And okay. um, kind of, they're not 
as what does that mean? Like reflection more, or yes. more painterly with yeah. the camera. I actually like, I actually like to create images that don't look like a photograph. They look more like they've been drawn or a pastel. And it's using the sensor in the cam camera and slower shutter speeds and camera movement and a whole um, collection of things or techniques that I call decompressionism. And it creates an image that isn't like a, like a straight on typical photograph. So is this decompressionism um, an actual form of photography or is this something you've developed? It's, it's not, I didn't, I wouldn't say I developed the technique. Uh, it's, that's a, a term that I named my technique. Okay. Um, that's cool. But photographers over, over the years have, have incorporated some of the same techniques. It's just the way that I use it as my own individual look, I guess. Exactly. And yeah. it does have a look and feel. And yeah. so how does it go from like, at what point it sounds like Chad, you were really integral in this piece of it, go from a picture on the wall that you would purchase to, I want it to be the whole wall. In the very beginning, we were taking a lot of his negatives and scanning them to make them digital. And as I was sitting there, the many hours it took to take our raw files and like put them, make them digital, I had time to study them and just see details and things. And even with some of the like artwork that we had in the showroom, I would go around and I would love the overall artwork, but I would always hone in on something that really stood out to me as, but then I could also start seeing it flipped or turned into a pattern. So that's it, what it was. Mm -hmm. It was like, I see this as something else. Mm -hmm. huh. And just, just seeing it past what it was in front of me. Like I could realize that it was more, we could make more to it. And Richard just, was open to that. Obviously mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're like, okay, this is my photograph, but okay. You can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd already had ordered fabrics and different things <laughs> to like test out samples and so we already had stuff that we could look at before we even bought the printers and mm. then um just slowly kind of turned it into what it is now and worked with um different designers and stuff that like thinking outside the box and can see that we're trying to think outside the box and create something that they're not afraid of the pattern and the color and the different textures and stuff that we can create mm. and it's almost mm. like if you know you know mm. kind mm. of work mm -hmm. and how much commission work do you do it's all commission based or is some of are some of the patterns like I can purchase that pattern and we definitely have a core collection that is patterns that how many of the core collection are there? 18, about 18, 18 to 20. 20. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I try to introduce new and we change the colors and being digital. That's also the great mm -hmm. thing because you can change color and scale easily. Mm -hmm. So if it's not something you necessarily like or gravitate towards for your project, you can show me a Pantone color or a fabric swatch and we can, rework it to be in that color mm -hmm. but we're finding more and more people realize how easy it is to work with us so they want custom things so they'll bring us inspiration or something that they're looking at trying to recreate or do that they've had trouble bringing to life yeah something and, that they want as a part of the project mm -hmm. and they, then we, know they can count on you to help them mm -hmm. do that so, and how does that pro so if someone's listening and they want to commission you for a project sure how does it work do they um from is it like you're a separate piece, Richard? They commission you as an artist and pay you, and then, or is it all like one package? The art is all incorporated into the. We we price it all together. Okay. So that we could either, well, there's so many options, but they could um, give us a feel for what they want, and we can create totally original images to cool. use for their project, or 
the, if they have images that, or for example, one one client had artwork her mother had painted. Cool. And so we actually created digital files from that, and then Chad took that and created repeats, uh, and then they um, you sat in the dining room. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes. That's well, good to know, though, especially from like a commercial standpoint, mm-hmm. because sometimes the designer isn't the one purchasing like the mm-hmm. process. So that's good that people can work with you in that way, because then like an end user could purchase it and right. they could begin working with you immediately. The design yeah. firm. Right. That's mm-hmm. super cool. So you're you're married and you yeah. work mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how does that work? Like, it seems like you guys just work really well together. And the second I heard you were married, I hadn't ever met you, Chad, but I, for whatever reason, I met you because of we were talking about wall covering one day in the parking lot. And I just walked away so happy with like a big smile mm-hmm. on my face. I was like, so nice. just mm-hmm. thought you guys are so happy together. And but you're both happy people. I think we balance each other well, and yeah. he spends his day at the showroom with the clients, and then I spend my time in the studio creating and doing and just being. But then we come back together at night, you know, for dinner and stuff, and then kind of go over the days, mm-hmm. you know, what he's talked about with whoever he's seen, and then I, you know, put together my stuff. So it just kind of works together. I don't know, you know, like like I said, it also helps that David and Ann are so supportive of us because I can be there all the time seeing clients in the showroom, and they're not. You know, it's it's all part of just being part of that group. You know, like you can work on stuff and they bring in clients that they want to like, you know, commission us to do stuff. And it just kind of, it helps that he gets to see the the end user face to face and kind of yeah. hear That's exactly. almost a partnership in itself. Like you guys are yeah. a partnership, but then mm-hmm. your partnership with Sutherland's is one as well. Right. Because you've become an extension of that business. Well, the way the way that I show it as uh, when I'm doing the doing the day job is it's just like another line that we represent. Mm-hmm. So I just uh, put it into the rotation of what we're showing mm-hmm. or as a complement to fabrics or furniture or whatever. It's just like uh, just any other manufacturer. And then in the evenings, I call it my homework. Mm-hmm. And that's when I edit things we need that Chad's going to need the next day for creating images or mm-hmm. files or um, if, if I've gotten um, – uh, elevations from a client. Uh, I'll pass them on to Chad and show show Chad and Tyler how it needs to be laid out. And we're doing all these uh, digital presentations now for clients to present to their clients so they can see the images in their room and how the how it'll be scaled and colored and things like that. So, it's but we're uh, really cool. we it's pretty much twenty four seven. And if someone we're always. We're always working on something creative or sharing ideas or um, brainstorming or collaborating. Always working. Yeah, yeah. Because our average day will start about 7 o'clock in the morning, Mm -hmm. and then we go to bed, if we're lucky, by 12, 1230. Yeah. And then sometimes it's later than that because we just get wrapped up in what we're doing, and then, you know, we turn around Mm -hmm. and start it all over the next day. And, like, it just – we feed off each other really well on – all that kind of stuff because and we, we usually end up the, the day texting texting each other in bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, like look at this. We don't show each other. We just <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I did that last yeah. night with my husband. He was like, what is this? And I was like, it's a thought I want to remember. Yeah. But I want you to remind me. I knew yeah. that you would say that. What is this, Jess? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. We find funny. ourselves doing that a lot, but mm-hmm. it works for us and we're okay with it. So it's like yeah. you know. Do you travel for weird work? Go do photography like Outside of Texas, a lot of times when when it's travel, it's based on a a trip for the showroom mm-hmm. usually, yeah. or how it ha- we 
not much traveling this year. Yeah, obviously. Just craziness. Mm-hmm. But uh, like if we were go- going to New York to meet manufacturers and see yeah. whatever, then we'd uh, take an extra day or, or two of vacation time to, to shoot or meet clients up that way that uh, are interested in what we're doing or things like that. The Hue is brought to you by Folio. Located in the iconic Meadows building in Dallas, Texas, Folio is a boutique rep agency which seeks to connect interior designers with creative resources. We would love to connect with you in real life. Please visit our website to set up an appointment, folioco.com, and follow us on Instagram at folioco. One of the things I love about the hue is like, you know, hues like represent shades of color and like mm-hmm. all of us have a story and different pieces of us that come together to make us and whatever creative story we're telling what it is. Like, tell me about your beginnings. Like what, you know, sort of like what started this creative process for you when you were younger and growing up? Well, my grandmother raised me um, on a farm in East Texas and just being with her out in the garden and the landscape and around all the flowers and the colors and the textures was really what kind of pushed me in my direction of design and stuff. Um, like I said, I didn't go to school for having necessarily a background in anything, but my grandmother was my big supporter and pusher and just, you know, if you want to. It had to, to grow. Yeah. And to grow mm-hmm. in, out and, in Texas, mm-hmm. there was a recipe. And she always had the the mindset of, you know, you can't ever have success without failures and it's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. Don't ever think just because something's hard or you, it doesn't go right just right away that it's necessarily a failure, you know, like that you had to have these hardships to just. What a gift to have yeah. her in your life. Mm-hmm. So it, you had permission, it sounds like. Yeah. Just to, to experiment. Just to be, you know. To be. And so my my biggest thing was my grandmother and the farm and just being out there to be, you know, making your own pretty, I guess, kind of mm-hmm. type thing because, you know, it was just a big working farm and <laughs> we just did stuff together and it was always, you know, an adventure whether to create and do and take something that was nothing and turn it into something that was pretty to look at. Yep. And you like, get to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Richard? Mm-hmm. Um, like Chad, I had uh, both of my grandmothers were really supportive creatively. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, being from small town um, and being creative, uh, I always had unconditional love, but I don't think they really knew where I came from. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But one grandmother always had interior design magazines. Uh, so, and she totally supported, uh, how much I loved design. And my other grandmother was a painter and painted really traditional, uh, Texas native landscapes and still lifes and things like that. So that kind of started. And then when I was in high school, I had an incredible, uh, art, art teacher in high school, Mr. Agu. That influenced you. Yeah. Taught me so much about art history, uh, we had a dark room in a um, metal locker that just basically had a black drape over it. Uh, taught me about composition that I still see in my work today. And I think that's just, and I entered some contests when I was in high school with my photography mm-hmm. and won some little awards and things. And you had that, some exposure. Exposure and support. Yeah. Yeah. Mom and dad were totally on board with supporting my talent. I love that. And, and myself personally with me and Chad. And because um, so many people go through so much when they're younger because mm-hmm. their parents don't support them. Mm-hmm. And I had so much support. I love that. So down the road and as we're doing things, we love 
uh, meeting people that we can also help support and send that good vibe out to. Which so. is something I think you guys both definitely have. You have the good vibes and well, you mm -hmm. put them out there. Like I remember just so randomly mm -hmm. on my birthday this year, it's my 40th birthday and it's mm -hmm. quarantine, big landmark birthday. And I just get a text from Richard with flowers, happy uh, birthday. And I'm, <laughs> what? I just, mm -hmm. so I love doing that. Thoughtful. Yeah. It's, oh, the you. flowers thank are you. so pretty. I'm guessing thank you, now mm -hmm. I know that you're, that Chad's responsible for the yeah. pretty flowers that I saw. We do a lot of stuff that we, I just enjoy flowers and being around that aspect of it. Mm. <laughs> But that was also some of our goal with our support from everyone was to know that we could support other artists that might not have a voice in the, because Richard gets to see so many clients and know exactly what they're looking for and that our work might not always be exactly what everybody needs, but there's no reason to share the love. Like, you know, just cause it's something that we can't help you with. We have so many great people that we know just don't have the outlet that we do. And mm -hmm. if, if we can show something of theirs or try to help in that sense, you know, and that's like even with some of our newest collections and stuff that we're working on, we're working with other artists and stuff because we never thought it had to be just us. Like it, it starts out with us, but we like sharing it and trying to encourage other people to realize that there's something to it, you know, like. Absolutely. It's mm -hmm. crucial. There's something kind of um, about both of you that is interesting to me and mm -hmm. that you're both elegant like you have an elegance oh. to you, mm -hmm. but yet you're both kind of rugged. You haven't seen this on the weekend. Okay, but I have seen pictures. <laughs> she, she's definitely saying I mean, I, we are. I, I, but that's that what I'm saying. I is my perception because um, mm -hmm. I have and I have seen pictures and um, I've seen the mansion. Uh -huh. Yes, and then some of the fun like you guys are ornery. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a perfect word for it. What's the, like, there's like the 4th of July thing. Lee's told me about this for years. You always do this crazy 4th of July post or something or. We do. We, yeah. We've been doing little, uh, quick little videos on the 4th of July. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be patriotic. Yeah. Just to be patriotic. And In yeah. our own little way. It's I mean, definitely your own little way. Yeah. And yeah. then we have parties where, you know, the only criteria to the party is you have to wear all white clothing and it can be <laughs> as outlandish as you want or as simple as a white t-shirt and shorts. And we play croquet out in the yard you know and the house got its name the newest house um is that the buzzard mansion yes oh this one is the buzzard mansion yes mm -hmm. because we were at the black house previous i love the black house. and our um friends we call him the prince of propane and his name's judd white and they have a propane company in town and they did not want us to move even though it's on the same street just five blocks down so Up, him and uphill yeah at the top of the hill. Oh, because they didn't want to bring the. <laughs> mm -hmm. So he and the kids thought it would be fun to start calling the house Buzzard Mansion because it had a lot. Of, it hadn't been occupied in so long that there was buzzards roosting everywhere. I bet. It was, yeah. it was and so in the kids' mind, they thought buzzards were creepy and scary. Yes. And if they called it something creepy and scary, we wouldn't move. Well, we moved, and then the name stuck, mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. you know, and it's literally not a mansion. It's a pretty. It's a. It's a pretty big house for the right. It's from the late eighteen hundreds, but our clients that we sell to have mansions, and this is not. But but it was named, and that stuck. So and yeah. so it's just the cuteness of you know a four and five year old calling it that because they were trying to make it scary in their minds mm -hmm. so that we wouldn't leave because we lived across the street from them and they would see us all the time and interact mm -hmm. with us. So they were trying. They were on it. It was sort of a propaganda campaign. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And um, yeah, and it we, really was, and it worked. Not worked. It did not yes. work. Yes. So. We yeah. almost, we were almost, uh, we had almost decided to stay at the Black House. 
But then our friend Elizabeth Robertson, who's a designer here in Dallas and has gotten to be a really great friend of ours, said, that is a world-class house. You have got to buy it. Yeah. So she she stamped it. Well, and she also saw Mm -hmm. that if we didn't take it, it probably wouldn't be loved like it, it, like, you know, we're bringing Uh so much life back to it. Yeah. And the sweet family that had it before us had it 33 years and they lived on Swiss Avenue here in town prior to that. And so they just, we had this weird connection with them because of the history and the, we found a living relative that's in Austin and she's been sending us pictures of the original family. So you've kind of been able to restore it to some of that a little bit. The inside is, is really pretty much original except for a couple of uh, minor changes, but the woodwork is all original. Um, just beautifully. Uh, is it Victorian? It is Victorian. Okay. Very, very Victorian. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the black house detail. was Victorian too. It was kind of a Queen Anne Victorian, a little simpler, okay. but yes, it was Victorian. And painted, mm-hmm. just for anyone listening, literally completely black. Mm-hmm. All the trim, everything outside. Loved inside it. was original. But we painted it limousine leather. Mm-hmm. Um, did anyone, black. the person that bought it, did they keep it black? No. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. They did pick a good color. Hair to flip. Re- yeah. <laughs> they could have picked a lot worse color to paint it. They uh-huh. picked a real deep, deep blue that sometimes when the light hits it, it looks black. So that makes me happy. But then they painted mm-hmm. all the trim white. So it's like, you know. Okay. But they made it their own and that's fine. It's We had to bless it and release it and know that it wasn't ours anymore and. Now we're doing something that's, you know. The new house new. And, and sounds like you're having fun with it. A lot of fun, yeah. Is it like um, the kitchen is original and every, is that right? I mean, or have you added modern amenities? Is there a microwave? There is a microwave, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the kitchen is literally just a little hole in the wall kitchen because, you know, they didn't have big kitchens back then. They didn't yeah. need. Galley kitchen. Galley kitchen, yeah. yeah. So we left it like it. I mean, we didn't, we didn't need a kitchen that opened up to the living room and the dining, you know, like. We like that everything's compartmentalized in that sense, and it still is. You know, it's it's got the butler pantry between it, and like you don't see the dining room. There's a little swinging door. You know, like that's all part of it for us. Is not it doesn't have to be new. It, like we want it to and be. That, none of it's perfect. I mean, there. And that's okay. None of it's perfect because to me, it's just the layers of history that have been there mm-hmm. because it's going on almost 20, 125 years old. Yeah. And I I love being there and and just feeling the life that's been there before, you know? Because so. if we wanted a new house, we could totally do that, and it would be a lot easier, and that's fine. But a lot we easier. Don't, <laughs> yeah. But right. we don't. Yeah. But we're okay with imperfections because that's part of it. Like, we're restoring the carriage house right now, and there's nothing level and plumb. I mean, you know, it's all it's built but in 1896. the wabi-sabi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what we're, we like about it is that it's – it's got a history and a life to it, and you can see that it has a story, and that's okay. And we're just carrying on with the story. We're not trying to make it brand new, you know. And like that sort of em- embodies you guys too, like mm-hmm. that whole elegance and rugged thing. And and you guys are also playful. I feel like the ma- the mansion. I guess not mansion, but it feels like <laughs> it feels like a place. Um, it definitely of playfulness. Is. Yeah, yeah. A place to have fun. Yes, and create and just be and. So we surround ourselves with people that we like to create and do things with. And like you were talking in one of your things about the portraits and stuff that we do. And we have, I call her auntie and we met on Instagram. She lives out in the neighborhood and weirdly one of our neighbors here in Dallas knows her, but we didn't know the connection. And she posted a picture of our black house at the time. And it was, our friends were like, why are you posting pictures of the boy's house? And she's like, I've been stalking the boys for years now. 
and she was in New York visiting her grandkids, never seen us in person, and literally sends us the code to her house and tells us to go swimming and make ourselves at home. And now we've been literally inseparable, and I run every morning with her, and we create pictures she loves, you know, dressing up in a costume and making something out of nothing, and we'll just, you know, create. So we Your literally Cindy have... Cindy Sherman moments. Basically, yeah. Very, I mean, very we, much like that, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. she's always you know, finding some get up from the thrift store and thinking it might look cool in a photo. And then it lays around in one of the prop rooms that we have. And, you know, we randomly put on things and just try things and create things. And she just, you know, is fun to be around, but she always like embraces this like weirdness of, you know, weird's okay. And just, yeah. you know, making great. Yeah, yeah. And making things out of nothing. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just is fun. And like we could bounce ideas off of her and she's an amazing photographer herself, but like, for me, like I only started pictures. I started my Instagram account because I would be with him while he was shooting his big camera work, yeah. and I would get bored easily. You know, I, I didn't want to wait for the hour we might be out doing something. So Instagram became my outlet. I could snap a picture, post it, and be you know do something. But it kept me like entertained mm-hmm. while we were. And then it slowly became something that where I was kind of passionate about it and enjoyed seeing a different. He do, he does incredible self portraits. Yeah. Like seeing and something he, different he than he does. A, he went through a severe unicorn phase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was a unicorn lots for a of, while. Lots of unicorn portraits. That's just, cool. But just so cool and interesting. And I'd like to see those. Yeah. So like, anyways, I mean, it's just it's kind of evolved over. There's a whimsical piece to, I feel like, your your photography, um, mm-hmm. that, that, part, that side of things for sure. So if people want to find you, I don't think it's too hard. They can, you have mm-hmm. your own Instagram. We do. Bad in, yeah. Bed? Studio does. Badinger mm-hmm. Studio. Badinger Studio and then Newland Collection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, okay. And then also like obviously through David Sutherland showrooms and not yes. just Dallas, but in, if someone's listening in another city, that would be how they'd find you or just through uh, your website? We're about, we're about to add some some things in New York and Chicago. Okay, cool. So yeah, again, they're Badinger Studio. Through, yeah. yeah. Basically yeah. anything to, through David Sutherland. So if they're anywhere that David Sutherland is, they can contact us. And they can find us, yeah get us that away. Such a joy to talk to people who are living their passion. It it's, just makes me so happy. And I'm really, really, really happy you. for you guys. Yeah, no, and it's thanks, crazy thanks because for... it wasn't necessarily always my passion. Like it wasn't not my passion, but it's just where we grew. Like it just kind of evolved. And, you know, that's a powerful statement. Like it I didn't necessarily, you. yeah. Cause I didn't necessarily know that would be where I would be right now at 40. You know, I just turned 40 myself and like, happy birthday. Thank you. And so I didn't know, like I would be <laughs> creating wallpaper and, traveling around with my husband and like both like expressing ourselves through a medium that wasn't something that I'd ever done before until we got together and realized there was something, you know, I could do something else like and still be creative and like it just kind of all happened. And it's pretty amazing at the end of the day to look back on the projects we've from our amazing clients. I mean, just their talent is what is pretty, pretty inspiring. Um, and just see where our work and our vision has ended up or, or to see something that I saw in Weatherford just out in the middle of nowhere end up on the other side of the world. You Isn't know? that cool? Yeah, That's such a good point, too. It's mm-hmm. really amazing. Something that was just right in front of you right. is now so far away in a completely different world. Right. But mm-hmm. it's at home in that world. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of cool, too. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, for sure. Huh. Mm-hmm. So, fun little game. Yes. Um, um, little rapid fire so people nervous. can get to know you a little better. <laughs> um, let's start with Richard, your favorite yes. photographer of all time. Oh, well, one of my biggest inspirations was Herbert. Um, 
just because I liked the simplicity and power and beauty in a lot of his images. Uh-huh. But there are just so many. That's just the first name that comes to mind. Okay. How's that? That's perfect. <laughs> and then source of inspiration for you, Chad. You want to do favorite photographer, artist, or architect? Mine would be... Um, more than likely like Michelle Nussenbaumer or someone like that. She's a designer, but she's also she's quirky so, and out yes. there. And I know that she doesn't mind our quirky and out there and is willing to push so, us in a direction that's totally supportive of our talents. Different. Yeah. And she was one of the first ones to take our murals and put them on the ceilings and do things with us that maybe designers weren't thinking of, but was okay. You know, like, and then like the seas and stuff, like we always get inspiration from them because they're out there too. And they're willing to like, take our ideas that most people might would roll their eyes at and be like, mm, can you make it a little more vanilla, yeah. you know? Is there something in the Charles? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we, um, we basically did the Charles. Yeah. We worked with um, a tattoo artist to hand draw some of it, and then we created the big patterns from it. And if no one listening has been to the Charles yet, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. please go. It's so good. It's amazing. And the Charles bar, the private bar in the back. You worked on that as well? Yeah, we, yeah, did. we did all that. I haven't that. seen that yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm anxious to see that. But the space is really dreamy to be in. It's oh, like, my gosh. It's there's something about the C's work. Um, I was saying this to Sarah one time. I said it's really difficult as a rep because you can't just put a box together of C's things. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Good luck with that. Yeah, because yeah, it's sure. all over the place, and that's good. That's <laughs> yeah. what we like about it. If you haven't been to the bar, the new bar, okay. be sure and check it out because and, can, and we did can a beautiful ceiling mural there. Yeah, for private dinners and yeah. Mm-hmm. So and then like with Michelle, she was one of the first ones to know that we were photographers also, and came with the concept of she wanted a Josephine Baker look. And so we found a model and literally posed him as a Josephine Baker with the banana skirt and the whole thing. <laughs> Michelle and just happened to have the banana skirt. Of course she yeah. did. <laughs> and we like created the most fabulous lady ever. <laughs> and we created this whole custom ceiling wallpaper for a lady's house in Dallas here. And, you oh, know, it was I just totally that. off the wall, but she knew that like we were okay with off the wall and didn't mind asking like, hey, like, do you have this? And lo and behold, the lady that was helping us clean the house and stuff was a perfect Josephine Baker. And so we asked her, hey, would you mind if we photograph you? And then it was just <laughs> like, you know, random happenings that just worked out. I love and it random was, happenings. Yeah. We, this, ha- we have a lot of those. I was going to say, your <laughs> lives seem like a series of random happenings, but I think it's just because of that energy level you guys live on. It's a good I one. so. It's random with some kind of underlying plan. Yeah, That's, obviously. We try to have a direction, but sometimes we just kind of go with it. And I think that's also. I think the direction is growth. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's all. I love to learn and try new things. Yeah. So um, I always end with, and it's just a silly thing, but I'm a cook. It is my love language. And I love to hear, are either of you cooks? (laughs) Chad does amazing things. I'm learning. Best recipe. Do you mind sharing? I don't have a. Blue winner. I did make a peach tart that I won at our Weatherford Blue Peach Re- Festival. Blue, Blue Ribbon. Ribbon. Blue Ribbon. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I saw that. Yeah. So, like, but weirdly in Dallas, we didn't own a kitchen. Okay. So we ate out every meal. Uh-huh. It was and, basically a, a warehouse studio. Oh, yeah. And we were content with that. And yeah. I'm a picky eater. <laughs> Richard loves pretty much anything. And so it just became, like, easier for us to go out to eat because I'm basically a child when it comes to eating and... Mac and cheese and chicken strips. Pretty much all, all <laughs> the same color group, you know, like it's, um, but, but since we've peach. been, yeah, but since we've been quarantined and staying in Weatherford and doing stuff, I have a kitchen now and like I've been growing stuff in the garden and trying to like bring it from the garden and figure out a recipe to like cook the stuff in home and like different things. But 
the peach tart was like the first thing that I ever cooked that I. Do you share that recipe? Yeah, I can send it to you because okay. I don't know it. Like, I mean, I yeah, don't send know it. Yeah, it's delicious. And we'll so. share it. Yeah, really, but it's very, really good. very simple to make. We'll bring you some peaches from Weatherford. I would yes. love peaches are my favorite. And you can um, put other fillings in it if you don't want peaches. You could use apples or you know like different things. Like it's all the same. I have a recipe principle. for you, um, a peach recipe. Yeah. One time I I did a whole I took a whole peach and wrapped it in homemade dough like uh, a homemade yes. like rustic mm, dough mm. and then baked it and I had a way I kind of got the uh, peach soft but I, uh, and I got the core out yeah but it was so that pretty sounds amazing and it was something about mm. the whole peach the the way that it, I don't know just because we used to poach really the pears well. and do them with um, caramel ice cream like sea salt ice cream oh, that we would yes. make and. Then we used to have a thing that when we, he would go to Oklahoma for sales calls, we would go to the Mule, a restaurant in Oklahoma. I know the Mule? Yes. Over in Midtown. Yes. I'm from Oklahoma. Okay. Mm. So, so yeah. we would go there and get their um, uh-huh. peanut butter and I guess it was jelly, but it was like a grilled cheese. But That peanut with butter Nutella. and jelly sandwich yes. is heavenly. It's with grilled. Yes. And then uh-huh. they would put the ice cream on top of it. Uh-huh. So we, would, we came home and made our own version and, you know. We have just, you... Have you been to Bradford House yet in Oklahoma City? It just yeah. opened, so I guess mm-hmm. you... No, but, we haven't yet. Um, yeah, check it out. I think y'all will love it. It's a new check project in Oklahoma City. Yeah, we'll but, check it out. And um, Yeah, I noticed you guys do go to Oklahoma here and there. Yes. For, That's actually, one of his territories to mm-hmm. call on, so... Oklahoma people are good people. I love it up there. I love Tulsa. I always say Tulsa. that when we leave there, that it's one place that I could... like. If I didn't see myself in uh-huh. Texas, I would be okay with Oklahoma because I like the plaza and all that district. And, like, we have... Some of my best friends have become friends in Oklahoma. Like my tattoo artist is in Oklahoma. How many tattoos do you have? Four. Okay. Yes. Four. Do you have any like full body? Not yet, yet, but I'm about to do one on my back. <laughs> Gonna get to hold. So yeah, you need to talk to Matthew. Yes. He's got some some good ones. Uh, she's already worked at the design, and I'm um, getting a big uh, bald eagle on my back. That's cool. So, yeah. There you go. I'm very excited. Um, and then we have a graffiti artist that's in Tulsa. There's so much talent out there. Right? Yeah. That really it's a it's whole I, little world. It and is. Not what it. you think. I found on Instagram, and he had the same last name as me, and I thought it was weird that there was another Beeson because I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know. And he's like, well, it's a common name up here. And I'm like, well, it's not for me. So Where's he from? What town do you know? Tulsa. But is he from Tulsa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, he lives right off. Where's that? the big new park they just built in Tulsa? I do not know that. Um, I know the, big the fancy one in park. Oklahoma City, the new park in Oklahoma City. But um, Chris's husband does Scissor Tail mm. Park, but I don't know the one in mm. Tulsa. Oh, you're right though. There was a new one in Tulsa. It's big. Yeah, really it's big. An amazing development the there. Kaiser, the Kaiser no. family, or anyways, but they live right up in that area, and he um, took me in and let me hang out with him while Richard was doing sales calls. And then we fell in love with their kids and the whole Aww. thing. And, you know, it became a thing where I would take the kids to school with them and do the whole while <laughs> the drop off. Yeah. <laughs> while Richard's working and they've become um, great friends and have Aww. collaborated with us on stuff. And like I said, it was just all through social media, you know, finding them on Instagram and then talking to them and then saying, hey, next week we're going to be in town. And then. That's how we found, you know, Ashley, the lady that does the tattoos in Oklahoma. And now you can do some tattoo graffiti when, when artwork. They, she does so much besides just tattoos because she pinstripes old cars so she can do the fancy pinstriping. But then her boyfriend is an old school sign painter, so he does the gold leaf on the glass windows, like the whole. Cool. Just the really classic. Yeah. What a cool yeah. couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're, so it's yeah. just fun to be around them because, you know, they're 
doing something that's not typical, typical yeah. and trying different things. And I don't know, we just try to always surround ourselves with people that are kind of like that, mm-hmm. that yeah. help feed off our energy and we feed off theirs because we see them doing something that's not necessarily normal or always happening. But thank you guys for being here. Oh, for, thank you. It's so thank sweet you. of you. But I think that thanks um, for being interested. Yeah, yeah, I'm very interested, and I mm-hmm. think that um, what is so interesting about you guys is is that openness. So I hope mm-hmm. that everyone listening ca- captures that because that's what's so special is that you're like really open to oh, thank you. creativity and things being. We definitely try. Mm-hmm. So, well, thank you so much. Thank yes. you guys. Yeah. This was fun. Thanks for listening, y'all. Let's keep the conversation going. If you have a story you would like for us to illuminate, please email hello at folioco.com. That's hello at P-H-O-L-I-O-C-O.com. And be sure to subscribe to hear future episodes.